0: After the Philadelphia 76ers were eliminated by the Boston Celtics in the NBA Eastern Conference semifinals, someone had to be picked out and held responsible for the lost series. Should it be coach Doc Rivers, the season's assist leader James Harden, or the MVP plus scoring champion Joel Embiid? Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am your host, Li Xiang. First, are we really surprised at Philadelphia's loss in this series? Not so much because the Celtics are the better team between the two, both on paper and on the court. But the 76ers were leading 3-2 after five games. All they needed was one more win to advance to the East finals. Yet they suffered two street losses, which judging by the coaching record of Rivers is not that surprising. It's hard to define Rivers as a coach. He won the championship before, never has to worry about finding a job in this league, and has been very much liked by both players and his counterparts in other teams. On the other hand, however, Rivers lost too many Game 7s and blew more than enough decisive leads for many to have confidence in having confidence in him. So has Rivers made any horrible mistake in this series against the Celtics? Some could argue that he never found a trustworthy fifth man for the 76ers during clutch time. But guys, let's take a look at their roster. Embiid, Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris aside, Who looks to you the best fit to play with the other four? Is it P.J. Tucker, who no matter how many triples he makes, the Celtics will always leave him open on defensive rotations? Is it D'Antoni Melton, who somehow couldn't make triples in the playoffs? Or is it Paul Reed or George Niang, who will always be targeted by the Celtics backcourt players? Honestly, Whoever Rivers picks, he will still be criticized for this decision because many just habitually blame the head coach for the loss and because that the 76ers don't really have a lineup that they can send to face most opponents. With the players they already have, Rivers has to sacrifice something when he makes calls in the game. It may be spacing, defense, mobility, size, or something else. That's why coaching an NBA team has always been the least pleasing job. Then how about Harden? In the four games the 76ers lost, Harden's performance was nothing but disappointing, especially in Game 7. He is much slower, much less aggressive, much less explosive. He's only a playmaker, not a three-consecutive-time NBA scoring leader anymore. But hold. Before we throw the above cliches onto him, remember this, Harden carried the 76ers to victory nearly all by himself in Game 1 with 45 points. Then he did it again with 42 points in Game 4 to tie the series at 2. He didn't score that much in the following Game 5, but if you have watched the game, you saw Harden's prints everywhere on the team's offense. Let's put it this way. The Eastern Conference semifinals between the 76ers and the Celtics wouldn't have been a seven-game series without Harden. Not to mention that the 76ers once were very hopeful of winning it, and even in the four lost games, Harden did his job as an orchestrator. Before anyone wants to ask why I don't mention the names Maxi, Harris, or Tucker to blame, I'm going to say this. In a team that targets the title, You don't blame a guy who is still under the rookie contract for a failure. You don't blame your fourth scoring option for not contributing enough. You also don't blame your best defender for not scoring enough. Personally, I always hold a team's best player responsible for a lost series unless he dropped epic numbers like LeBron James did in the NBA Finals in 2018. That's right. I blame Joel Embiid the most for the last series of the 76ers. As the regular season scoring leader who had 33.1 points per game, Embiid got 25.5 points in six games against the Celtics. It has a lot to do with the Celtics' defensive policy on him. Like I mentioned earlier, Embiid would be trapped whether Tucker made three or zero corner three-pointers. That's predictable, just like the Los Angeles Lakers stopped at nothing to contain Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson outside the three-point line, even at the risk of leaving the rest Warriors open. But Embiid's incapability of passing to open teammates, making threes, finishing quickly before a double-teaming comes, making hook shots or floaters one step from the rim, or dominating offensive rebounds are also why he looks nothing like the guy who was unstoppable during the regular season. Before Embiid entered the NBA in 2014, he was seen by many as the next Hakeem Olajuwon for his skillful footwork. But there's only one Olajuwon in NBA history because he plays as a center with the agility and quickness of a swingman. Most defenders Olajuwon faced were never good enough for him to use his dream shake. He could score easily with simple tricks like shooting quick jumpers or penetrating along the baseline. Embiid is too big and not athletic enough to do what Olajuwon did. That's why he began to develop his jump shooting ability in the middle range and his fall drawing ability off the dribble, both skills of attacking facing the hoop. The 76ers also brought in Harden to feed Embiid the ball in his sweet spots. Neither of Embiid's tricks worked well against the Celtics. He could still make shots in the middle range, but he dribbled too much as the defenders could come in time to deflect his shooting. When the defender attaches himself to Embiid, he doesn't have good enough dribbling skills to go through defense. Instead, he just kept taking and missing tough shots or committing turnovers. I used to think that the screenplays between Embiid and Harden could be a secret weapon for the 76ers in the playoffs, but they proved me wrong. Embiid is not a solid screener, despite his big body. He has very poor habits of playing without the ball, as he doesn't move much or quickly. He knows that Celtics will increase defenders in the middle to contain him, but Embiid rarely cuts through back door or powers his way into deep so he can finish quickly nearer to the basket. Of course, Embiid is not the only star player who finds their efficiency slip in the playoffs where defense grows much more intense. His ability of making shots in the middle range can be key to the 76ers if they set up historic defense. Unfortunately, the 76ers fail to do so because their defensive spine, Embiid, is a flawed defender. His three blocks per game made you forget that Jason Tatum kept targeting him using teammates' screens from game six. In fact, Tatum made a series of situation reversing three pointers in both games right in front of Embiid, who is either too slow or at a loss to close out. In the regular season MVP race, many picked Embiid over Nikola Jokic because Embiid is supposed to be a much better defender. He is in the paint, but not in front of a five-off squad like what the Celtics sent to the court. Embiid is no better than Jukic. By the way, Jukic actually plays better defense under such circumstances because he is more used to stepping outside and deflecting the opponent's ball movement. MB's first MVP season ended in the conference semifinals. It's not as bad as being knocked out in the first round and having to receive the trophy outside the court. But the honor may taste more sour than sweet because his underperformance was why the 76ers lost the Celtics. And I think that's all for today. Please share with us your thoughts on the topic under this post by CGTN Sports on Twitter. Probably I'll be talking to you guys very soon next week. See ya.